Welcome to the Veteran Founder Podcast on the Startup Radio Network. Starting a company allows you to be back in control. The weekly show that brings together military spouse and veteran founders who are doing remarkable things in the business world. I can't imagine there's anything out there stronger than the bond that military and veteran entrepreneurs have. We'll hear their story, the story of their business, and lessons learned. Joy can override the worries and depression. Here are your hosts, Carmen Nazario and Josh Carter. Welcome to the Veterans Founder Podcast Hour. We still don't have an official name, but hopefully someday we will. Carmen, welcome. Hello. Uh, welcome, everyone, and welcome, Chad. Yeah, we are going to get to Chad in a moment. We are uh, really excited to have uh, Chad uh, Brown from Soul River. Uh, we want to explain a little bit more about what Soul River does because it's a remarkable nonprofit based here in Portland, Oregon. They take uh, military vets, pair them up with inner city youth, and go take them on these amazing fishing trips with which is um, you know so we'll have we'll introduce Chad in a moment but you know his name has popped up a number of times in the circle that I run in because you know I run into uh, you know veteran and, and the tech space but uh, Chad's name's definitely popped up a few times and so I'm so excited he's here so uh, Chad welcome to the program welcome Chad uh, thank you really appreciate it. yeah excited to have you here I, I want I want to learn a bit more about Soul River but we're gonna spend a little bit of time getting to know Chad, we want to learn more about what you have done in your in your background, your your Navy background. I know you're a vet. Thank you for serving. Thank you for being another Navy vet. It's nice to have a fellow Navy vet here. Uh, but but want to talk to you a little bit about your background. Like why why did you go? Why the Navy? Why the Navy? Um, <laughs> uh, I think it may has a lot to do because my father served in the Navy as well, and um, and so. Uh, during that time of my life, um, I really was planning on going into the military. Um, I was planning on going, you know, straight to college, just like, uh, everybody else. Um, and I think, uh, got to a place where I needed, uh, basically money for school to move forward. And, and I just made a conscious, you know, decision, uh, to go into the military, basically for the GI Bill and knowing that my dad was in the Navy, um, and he served. And so, I guess that was kind of like my easy way of uh, selecting which branch I wanted to uh, to serve in. That's awesome. And what what would what were you doing when you got in the Navy? Uh, you know, I when I got into the Navy, I uh, I fell into uh, uh, a small uh, you know job MOS, which was the Combat Speedwoods, based out of Williamsburg, Virginia. Um, you know, when I finished boot camp and I stayed. Uh, Finished boot camp down in Orlando, Florida, and I stayed there for training uh, in Orlando uh, after boot camp as well for my AIT. And then after that, I moved up to Williamsburg, Virginia, which has got my orders, and went into a can- uh, this command, which is called Cheatham Annex. Uh, and um, so, sorry, I don't know if you heard that or not, but yeah, definitely. Um, and so, and at that command, that was when I uh, fell into this. Um, uh, this unit called Combat Stewards, which was parallel with uh, uh, the CBs as well, and it was command share with the CBs, um, and um, we were a joint task uh, force expeditionary unit uh, that would uh, be on the readiness within 24, 48 hours, and we would marry all forces of uh, small units and special op teams, uh, as well as regular military personnel that's going in country. 
uh, around the world. And we had to be anywhere within a 24, 48 hour period, basically. And we would uh, attach ourselves to NPS um, ships, maritime preposition ships, other than just the Navy ships, actually. And so we would hop back and forth. It was a really weird, um, um, I guess, um, piece of military experience that I, it was not like your regular Navy. Right. Uh, you know, I hung my Navy uniform up and wore combat boots and camo <laughs> for the rest of the time in the service, basically, you know, nice. so it was, yeah, really interesting. And we should, we should also point out CB stands for command, uh, construction battalion. So, uh, in the context of what you were doing, uh, how, how was your unit, uh, tied into the CBs in that way? Uh, we would uh, parallel, so we would work uh, in theater, basically uh, aligned with the CBs, um, and it would be uh, has a lot to do with like the onload and offload of uh, MPS ships and also Navy ships and Army ships that will tie itself with uh, with the CB units and offloading the gear. Uh, where we'll basically share that same space of being at a readiness for 30 days, uh, self-sustained with all gear coming off the, the ships, et cetera. Um, and that would basically, yeah, that was, I, I was, uh, in a lower ranking stage and everything. So, uh, there was a high level command of, uh, other, uh, reasons that I could, cannot sure. be able to share with you <laughs> and everything like that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Nice. So, Chad, what a period of time did you serve in the Navy? I was uh, there from between '91 and '94. I was uh, I went through the second phase of Desert Storm, and um, and coming out of that, back to back, going to Somalia, Operation Restore Hope, uh, did the full deal. As long as I stayed in the United States, was uh, four months of my entire Navy career, and the rest was in in and out of fourteen different countries. Fourteen. Wow. Sounds a lot of like fourteen my, in like, four years. That's, yeah, it sounds like a lot. A, a lot about my my deployments. I did thirty and three, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't I didn't spend any time in in our port, and we were stationed in Mississippi. But uh, that's intriguing. I yeah. love it. So uh, so you get out of the you get out of the military. Uh, wh- what were you doing then? What was your transition like? Uh, my transition, you know, that was a it was quite. Um, it was a weird experience for me. You know, um, my transition was pretty rocky actually. Uh, when I got out, um, you know, I think I had like, uh, forgot what you call that class. It's my, it's been a while, but, uh, the military day will give you that week long kind of transition type Taps. of class. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, yeah. You know, which didn't really do much for me, but you know, cause I was just coming out of just a lot of really intense stuff from desert storm, Somalia, Cuba, everything and and so when i got home uh, i was kind of like a walking time bomb in a way had a lot of attitude a lot of anger uh frustration parents didn't, you know, didn't really know how to connect with me and uh but at the same time i was pushing forward to uh wanting to go to go back to college uh where i left off at and i wanted to finish school you know and so that was a really big thing but at the same time uh, I was I was fighting a lot of uh, just a lot of uh, frustration and and anger and and everything else that comes along with that piece. Yeah. No. And we talked about that today a little bit uh, before we got on the air about like there there's definitely uh, this wave of discussion happening around mental health 
and uh, and and especially yeah. in the military community, it's so important to uh, to have that discussion and break that wall down about what happens when somebody is 17, 18, 19 years old, goes overseas and sees some real shit, and then comes back and then just can't figure out how to deal with it in a in a world that is you know quote unquote normal. Yeah. So, Chad, how exactly. did how did you deal with it? Um, you know, uh, it sounds that there's there's circumstances or experiences you had that brought about anger and frustration, and um, I'm making that assumption that it's based on your experience in the military. And then, what did you do? On how did you deal with that to kind of, you know? integrate back into civilian life? You know, um, well, you, you said a lot there, and I think in a nutshell is um, um, I, I, I really didn't have a way of dealing with what I was going through, honestly. I, I didn't really have the resources or I didn't really know where to go to get the resources for help. Um, I, was, I was really angry, and I think the only thing that really kept me... Um, on target or like um, uh, focus was was the fact that I really wanted to go back to school and finish. Um, you know, my my heart, my love is being creative and and you know from photography, design, etc. And that's what I went to school first, and so that was a really big uh, piece that I really wanted to make sure that I followed through. And so regardless of the anger and, and all the darkness that I was going through, that was that one little light that pretty much kept me uh, on point. And, uh, but I was stumbling along the way, though, you know. And so it was hard to keep that light lit for mm-hmm. me, of course, uh, you know, going back to college and dealing with, uh, you know, many different people and being around crowds to um, being uncomfortable or being in stores, et cetera. So, it was a really, really hard battle for me, uh, making from point A to point B, and that B was keeping that light on, and I wanted to finish school. Uh, you know, I, and, and, and so I, I didn't have a way of coping other than what I wanted to get done and make sure I get it done. But I did get to a place where it, it unraveled, of course, you know, because you can only operate and function like that for so long. And, um, you know, some of us have the ability to um, go above and beyond the call of duty and, and walk that walk really, really hard and have that mentality of, you know, um, you know, mind over matter type of mentality, you know, but you can only operate like that for so long. And then he gets to a place where uh, your cup of water just basically starts to overflow. You know, and 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 that's kind of like uh, that was. I guess that was my uh, personal walk is is coming out and going back to school and fighting that and not having a way to cope, uh, but relying on my survival uh, instincts and my skill set and even my discipline of what I did uh, learn in the military, and I just really applied that, but at the same time, it was really suppressing and suppressing and suppressing, you know, and then it get it did get to a point where my, uh, uh, my skill set was no longer uh, in use no more. It got to a point where it just unraveled. Yeah, it sounds like you, uh, but it sounds like having a hobby or having something like a focused challenge for yourself 
was a good way for you to sort of not really distract from it, but but find an outlet for for a lot of the the you know the things that you were going through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the only thing that that, that probably at that at that giving period of my life that was really the only thing that uh, that kept me focused that that saved my hide. And there was uh, you know one too many uh, incidents that I did encounter. Uh, where, you know, just like any other veteran coming out and you're dealing with that darkness, you are walking that fine line. And that fine line could be anything from, you know, uh, taking your life to committing a crime and, and, or, or whatever the case is, or or just severing relationships. And so, uh, you know, so I was definitely walking that fine line. And there was a couple hiccups along that way where I had to really learn quick or adapt really well, or do the best that I can to put my best foot forward, uh, you know, and, and again, you know, stay focused on that one uh, 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 focus, which was that, was that light. And that was really, for me, was I wanted really badly to focus on going back to school and doing what I need to do. And, uh, and that's really, I guess, what got me from point A to point B. I think if that wasn't uh, uh, a goal or anything in front of me, I probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. That's incredible. So, so what did you major in uh, when you went to school? Uh, I uh, ended up majoring in communication design. I got my uh, bachelor's um, BFA in uh, uh, communication design um, and and, and uh, illustration. And then I went on to New York and got my master's in uh and um, uh, design and, and photography and minor in art direction, basically. I was um, really keen on wanting to step into the creative world as a professional uh, um, and as a creative and work my way through the agencies. And so that was the route that I chose to take, basically. That's awesome. Oh, so, so we've been talking to Chad Brown, founder of Soul River. Uh, Chad, we're going to pay a bill. Is that okay? Today's sure. uh, today's episode of Veteran Startups is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. Publicize has broken down PR into a modular setup, keeping quality high and simple. Charge fees for the targeted PR you require. Check them out at Publicize. Dot co and tell them Carmen and Josh sent you. Thank you, Carmen. Uh, if you're just joining us, we've been talking to Chad Brown, uh, founder of Soul River, which is a nonprofit here in Oregon that helps connect veterans with inner city youth and takes them on these incredible fishing trips. Chad, tell me the what brought you to this this venture. What was the idea behind wanting to create Soul River? Like, what was this problem you were trying to solve here? Uh, you know, to take a step back and answer that, I think um, um, it goes back to what I was talking about earlier, how my, my cup of waters has overflowed and it unraveled. And so that happened. And so it put me in a place where I lost uh, everything. And um, I, I, my skill set basically was uh, outdated for me. And, and I found myself um, uh, basically homeless on the streets uh, and Whoa. living in Portland. And... And, and just really fighting uh, darkness and fighting also suicide, uh, et cetera. And, uh, and so I spent a lot of time in the VA hospital. And yeah. 
you know, and trying to get the right guidance, strung out on heavy medication, in and out, and um, and then, you know, trying to find a way to not commit crimes. So I, I would check myself in the blood banks, and I would draw $20, basically, for a pint of blood so I can be able to eat uh, and everything, you know. And so I did that for a couple of years, in and out of the VA hospital, up until I got to a place where uh, a friend of mine put a fly rod in my hand, took me to the river, and uh, showed me how to fish. And so that became, you know, uh, a different walk in my life. And when I learned how to fish, it brought excitement to me. And I, you know, put two and two together, went back to the hospital and talked with the docs. And, and they basically, you know, basically gave me a prescription to fish more. And so as I fished more. Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah, think anybody you know. needs a prescription to fish more, but I love that you got one. Uh, if I can get one, too, I'd love that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, and so, and I fish, I mean, trust me, I, 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 I fish, I, I fish as much as I could. That's you awesome. know, it was, it was kind of like my saving grace and, I think I even went to bed with my own fly rod, you know, <laughs> every day, you know. And you're, gonna, uh, you're in a good area for that, too. How many waterways do we have around here? Jeez. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And so that stuck with me, and, and that's what I continue to do. Um, and the VA, they slowly wing me off the medications. and awesome. uh, You know, and I was fishing more and, and develop a really new sense of community uh, that's tied to the outdoors and to the river. And some couple people in that community became kind of like my mentors and started to pretty much kind of like uh, retool my thought process, you know, and and challenge me on my, my thoughts and, and educate me about conservation, about our fresh water and fly fishing, et cetera. And when I got that knowledge and started building, I got to a place one day when I was on the river where I felt really strong that day wading in the water uh, locally right on the clock of this river. And I was like in this place where I was, I was ready to kick some ass and get back into society. And I said to myself, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I've got a different chapter here in my life and consciously thinking that, you know, what I want to do is do something where it's, uh, it has something to do with giving back, something to do with helping people. Because I think through my process of being on the water and connecting with this new community and them talking to me from a conservation standpoint and a fly fishing, it gave me a new walk and a new talk. And it also gave me a deeper insight of, of, of what it means to have a, a community of support and of what it means to give back. So I learned a lot of that from the river. And so that really festered inside of me. And I started thinking about Soul River and the concept of how the river has a way of, uh, of accepting everybody. And it, it becomes your personal walk, your personal journey. Uh, you know, you can talk to it, speak to it, et cetera. And that's, that's just between you and that river and, and what made me happy. And so I put that together and that's how it became Soul River and became my walk to wanting to bring more vets and more youth to the river to experience that basically you know you have, you have develop your own personal diary uh catch your first fish know what that joy is and how that joy can override the worries and the depression and all that kind of stuff in life and how it can open up uh, a different lens 
uh, of, of how you can look on life, you know, and be and, and smile with that, you know. And so that's really kind of how that all started to bring back to your question. And today, basically, it's more about bringing uh, veterans and veterans serving uh, as, as, as mentors for our youth. Uh, that gives the veteran an opportunity of purpose uh, and also an opportunity to instill what they know into a younger mind. And that younger mind and that youth had just that opportunity to take on a big brother and big sister, someone of a protector that will always be there for uh, for our youth as well. And that's in our DNA as veterans regardless, you know. So in a nutshell, I'll probably vomit a little bit too much for you right there. I I love it. So you went through a discovery process towards a purpose-driven life. Um, I love it. You could write a book on this, and it's just, um, I think it's an important topic. I want to know how you found these mentors or how they found you. Uh, Well, you know, the... um I, I think that's the spirit. I think I was just out there. I, I, I mean, I, I, I guess how the mentors found me was I I did have a problem reaching out for help. And so the place where I was at, um, I think any opportunity that I could be able to have a conversation with someone, uh, you know, and, and, and share and, and reach out to, that's really what I did, you know. So I would walk into some of these fly shops and and not have a, a dime in my pocket, you know, but I would just be there and just walk in just to look and I would just ask questions or whatever and and I think I made myself a little bit open and vulnerable to where they can people some people who were into, they can tell that I was searching, needed help, uh, a helping hand and um and those are the people that really came into my life and really started to uh, work with me, basically, and help me. Uh, you know, and, and as far as the veterans, uh, you know, I think it's just a random of organically that that's um, the DNA in us of how we serve. Uh, it's in us. Uh, we signed up for the country and to, to protect, et cetera. And then, you know, when we come back, it's still in us to where we want to serve. Uh, and I think the best way uh, of serving now, especially to someone of younger minds um, that has no judgment, they're only looking for that acknowledgement or our space for them to uh, raise or, or communicate and, and raise their voice. And and what better place is that to, to connect with other veterans that that gets it, that understands and. And uh, so uh, I hope I answered your question correctly. Yeah, no, absolutely, yes, dude. I I love this that it's so mission driven, and that there's a purpose behind it, and you're so focused on it. So t- walk me through. You guys have um, a number of fishing trips you do throughout the year. How do you guys collect not only uh, the veterans on the veteran side, but the inner city youth kids that you work with, or the the kids that you work with to bring them together? What's that process like for you guys? What's the logistically? What's that like? Yeah. So. Um, we, we open up our uh, application process close to the end of the year. Well, basically the first of December and it closes at the uh, end of January the next year. Uh, you know, so it stays open. And once when those applications come through, I have a uh, anywhere between a three to six member uh, application committee. 
Uh, some of them is a mix with my board members as well, and they step up along with a couple of volunteers, and and they help review all the applications that comes through, uh, veterans and also our youth. Um, you know, and then after once everything's reviewed, they come in for uh, physical one-on-one interviews, and if they are from out of state, we'll set up a Skype uh, interview as well. And once the interview's done, uh, the idea and concept on these interviews, we have, you know, specific drill down questions is to help us extract the right information, uh, that will help us be able to gauge, uh, on our deployments that we have happening and to place them in the right place around the youth, basically. And so the youth and the veterans get the same treatment. Uh, the only difference is the qualifications and that's on the veterans end, uh, where the veteran definitely, um, has to, you know, bring a clean slate of a DD-214, uh, you know, and if they're working on their stuff, uh, their demons, et cetera, it's not a, uh, it's, it's not a a slam door in the face or anything like that, but that's information that we need to know and we need to, uh, understand what's a great, better way to support that veteran, uh, when they're on deployments, uh, with the youth as well. You know, and so, and that's when we have these one-on-one type of um, interviews, basically, with the veterans, and we treat that really, really delicate. Mm-hmm. On every veteran interview, I have also a veteran from a board member who's also there as well for helping the communication and help connect and everything like that. And so, once when that's done, we have a deep understanding where that veteran's coming from, whether it's uh, you know dealing with demons or not clean DD-214 and everything, and then that's when we'll move forward with a one-day orientation day, and that orientation day basically is a full day where we bring all the youth and all the veterans together, and it's kind of like the beginning start of building a new community, uh, basically, and within that day, it's also laced with different uh, classes that the veterans are 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 going through and also the youth are going through. And then there's also uh, quite a few team building type of classes where the veteran and youth will work together, uh, you know, and and that will help with the building communication because on our deployments that we do, you know, that's we we have veterans and youth out together. They're working together. Uh, They're trying to help solve problems together, basically, you know, and so there's a, a, an easy exchange of differences and likeness, et cetera, and, and one accept the other. And so that's how, pretty much how that works at that whole day. And, and then after that, you know, we would officially give out uh, the letters of acceptance to these deployments that we have happening for our season. And, um, you know, and that's how we do basically move forward. And then when our season kicks off, uh, you know, I have a deployment team that comes in and uh, they will basically uh, arrange and coordinate all the youth and all the veterans in time, uh, you know, location, uh, gear, et cetera. We'll go through a gear check. We'll go through uh, a crisis check. Uh, uh, there's just many different clinics that we have that will be, that would be a check off the list up to the date that we leave for deployments, whether it's local or national. That's incredible. Wow. And then how many days are these, these uh, deployments? Uh, it's, uh, they, they range from three days up to three weeks. That uh, is the, incredible. The work. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And a lot I, of work behind those things. Yeah, I no, know. I would imagine I'd done a number of events and I, yeah, I know the logistics can be interesting. And then to add, you know, veterans with issues as well as, you know, youth that could be a challenge, man, I, I can't imagine 
what kind of work goes into yeah. you know putting all this stuff together. And you have women there too, right? Uh, I, yes, ma'am. Yes, I looked ma'am. at. I, have, uh, I, I saw your website pictures. That's why I'm mentioning that. Yes, yes. I, I, you know, what's interesting is that I, yes, I have women, veterans, and also young ladies uh, that comes into the program. And believe it or not, I'm like ninety five percent all female. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, well, I don't know if you know, I, I am an Army veteran as well, so yeah, you gotta uh, I might call. have to look into this. <laughs> she, she's an avid fisherman, I'm told. No, so. I'm not. But, uh, <laughs> it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I see also yeah. um, uh, on your website you had that you are merging veterans and inner-city youth to be leaders for environmental justice. So what does that really mean? Right. Environmental justice. So what is environmental justice is uh, it's 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 a couple things. It's um, it's really for the youth, but it's also for the veterans uh, as well. But really, um, our goal as veterans, when we bring these youth in, our goal is to raise them up as leaders. Uh, I always tell people it's almost kind of like looking at looking at a, an Eagle Scout. It takes a community. Of, of willing and loyal folks to actually raise one Eagle Scout. It's a lot of work, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and so we're bringing in a lot of youth, and our goal is raising them as leaders on that level like an Eagle Scout, basically. Awesome. Uh, and, and when we get them to that place of that leadership um, place, uh, that's when, you know, we have that opportunity to where we can build the bridges with uh fellow partners in college where just internships are going off to college to help them on their success route. But going back to the uh, environmental justice is part of that leadership. It's, it's raising that awareness of the areas that we are going into. The backtrack out of that one piece is when we call it what we call a deployment, uh, just like what you have uh, understanding what that is in the military, going to war, et cetera, our deployment now is going to ground zero. Ground zero is identified as an environmental issue that's happening to our land, to our wildlife. Uh, it's, there's, there's, there's something that's been, you know, basically that's been challenged within the environmental area of that land, and we use that, that that's negative, whether it's a wildlife or fresh water, and we turn that into a curriculum. That curriculum is taught and led by veterans. Hmm. And that curriculum is basically a curriculum that stems itself around that entire environment that's, that, that's, a, that's under threat, and we use using that to help educate our youth for tomorrow. The youth comes into that environment and sees what's been pretty much knock off why the fish are 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 taking on certain issues or while there's wildlife that's happening or while there's uh chemicals in the water. Whatever the case is, we have built this curriculum and it raises questions with the youth. The youth are challenged to keep a uh, a journal, a scientific journal and every day they're jotting down, they're engaging, they're coming up and learning how to develop their voice. And the veterans are helping fostering this and, and, and teaching this. And at the end, they learn how to create their own hypotheses. 
of if the and the idea is like a question I would throw at one of you is if you if if money was not the problem right now, how would you solve the the environmental issues right now where you are at? Whether that we are in Bears Ears in Utah, the Arctic Circle, uh, we're local on our uh, local lands of here in, uh, around the Oregon areas, wherever we are at, how would you solve this problem? You know, and, 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 and what would you do to sustain this or, or, or whatever the case is? And, and that becomes the voice of tomorrow. And that's what we're talking about, the environmental justice, is getting them to a place where they have the opportunity to raise their voice, catered and fostered by veterans, and just basically take it along to where they can take a stand and they can be able to uh, voice on what's right, what's wrong, uh, you know, and have a debate conversation uh, that can also lend itself into offices with our local senators, et cetera, where the youth and the veterans have the opportunity to walk that platform and walk into the office and talk about their experience, what they went through uh, in that land, et cetera, how they observe that. Uh, it gives them that opportunity to uh, take a stand as a young leader. It's incredible. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I love it. You, it's, and you're clearly very passionate about this. Uh, we've been talking to Chad Brown, founder of Soul River. Uh, Chad, we're going to pay another bill. Is that okay? Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to take the wind out of your sails. It's amazing. We're going to get right back into it, but I need to talk a little bit about pork bun domains, uh, pork bun domains okay. uh, websites, internet commerce for the rest of us. Don't be a pig. Pork bun, where you can get website domains for your business or personal brand with the lowest prices and amazing free services. So everyone's heard of .com, .net, .org, but did you know you can get a dot, a domain name that matches what your startup does? So if you, you are a design entrepreneur, you could get a dot does .design name, or if you're a fishing nonprofit, you could get dot .fish. So uh, use your imagination. Contact them at porkbun.com forward slash startup radio. Uh, again, we've been talking to Chad Brown of Soul River, amazing mission-based uh, nonprofit here in Oregon that brings military vets together with inner-city youth that, uh, that just have a, a tremendous value, mission-driven. I just am absolutely enamored with you, sir. Uh, I really want to hear more about um, where where do you see this going? Like, what's the future for Soul River? Yeah, um, the future of Soul River is, I think my the, one of the big things that I, I like to see as it grows is is uh, actually um, uh, become uh, uh, an entity, a stronger entity like uh, uh, Outward Bound or Notes. Uh, you know, uh, Creepy's, you know, and Nose does a really, really good job of producing outdoor uh, leaders, et cetera, you know, and I really would like to see Soul River Inc. grow in that capacity. Uh, the difference between a Soul River Inc. and a Nose and what makes it different is it goes back from day one when I started is that every youth and every veteran pays zero. It's the organization that pays. Uh, and, and so there would be no tuition compared to NOS, which they focus on a, uh, a certain demographic, uh, of, especially of families that in that position to be able to afford a tuition. But Soul River Inc. basically carries the burden, just like how we, you know, veterans when we serve, et cetera, you know, we, we sacrifice. That's how the organization is. And, 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 and so when every youth that comes through, uh, it is at zero cost. Uh, 
and, yes. and, and also for every veteran as well to come and serve the youth, basically. And so the organization bears that and, 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 and partners up with other organizations to help support and align in the mission to help support. And so all these deployments that we do, uh, it's always at zero cost for every youth and every veteran that comes through. And so I would like to see that organization, the same model of Soul River Eating, grow into a higher capacity, like a nose, and but be much more of a, a producing, um, you know, uh, leaders for tomorrow into our universities uh, and also into our, um, you know, our uh, corporate and also um, non-corporate type of opportunities. So if these youth have, they they inspired to be a science, uh, our fish biologists, our marine biologists, and they can come through the Soul River Inc. program and serve. And where that veteran will serve that youth, grow them up into that leadership, and then be able to foster that and then basically lay that out for them where they can be able to go to college. Uh, the, the future Soul River Inc. is producing future environmental leaders, young leaders, and giving young people from uh, um, from from various communities that of uh, the have nots basically yeah. and giving them a platform where they can be able to go off to college or or and, and pursue uh, careers within the conservation world, et cetera. That's awesome. And I imagine you guys are spending a lot of time partnering with the VA on this, but on the youth side, did you guys partner with organizations like the United Way or the Boys and Girls Club? Yeah, we, we partnered. We had partnered with the Boys and Girls Club. We had partnered with many different uh, youth organizations, uh, Urban Nature Partners, uh, which is one of them here in Portland. Um, you know, and then a lot of the youth is, uh, a lot of the youth, really comes organically because the parents raise and they really, really support Soul River Inc. And they see the change in their child. And so they do a lot of uh, advertising uh, above and beyond. And and we get many different youth that comes from that direction as well. We also uh, partner with, like, with Rosemary High School, local in Portland. Uh, we had a couple of youth from Roosevelt High School. Um, you know, Momentum Alliance, which is another organization. Yeah, the list just goes on, and we, we, we get youth from all over. You know, they really come from all over. Uh, and we're also starting to get youth uh, on a national level coming from Alaska and some coming from uh, uh, down from Florida as well. So, Chad, I had a quick question uh, because I know we're running out of time. Uh, since you're mentoring these youth, how uh, I would think you'd stay in relationship with them. And then after you do a deployment, do you do these kids get a chance to continue doing additional deployments or how does that work so that you, you know, continue in a relationship? Uh, yes, ma'am. So uh, when the deployment ends, it doesn't. The, our work doesn't end. Uh, we continue that relationship uh, through different uh, engagements with uh, family outings. Uh, you know, we uh, our our clinics that we will have uh, the youth that comes through as a participant. They end up coming back as youth leaders. Uh, we also have a uh, a, a rate <laughs> our, our rate. Uh, that we give our youth leaders where they become pathfinders 
Uh, and, and so our pathfinders are the youth leaders, basically, and they take a higher role uh, in, in helping with the planning on the back end of our deployments. And they work closer with the veterans as well. And uh, they actually become kind of like an extension, like an arm extension of the veteran, um, you know, and then, you know, through that relationship and through the organization relationship, the Pathfinders end up uh, coming in on their third year again, and that's when they're facing uh, internships. And so we get internships now from various uh, entities like the U.S. Fish and Wildlife. They'll send us emails of internships and say, hey, if you have any youth that's interested in blah, blah, blah. And so we would lend to our, we go to our pathfinders and we would uh, basically share amongst our pathfinders and get them involved from that angle as well. But we stay really, really close with uh, the community, uh, with the youth. The veterans stay close with the families. The veterans become an extension of the youth family. And it's really interesting because you go to these football games or wherever um, extracurricular activity that these youth are participating in, and you walk into a gymnasium, walking on a football field, uh, you'll, you'll see veterans up there in the stands along with mom and dad or just with mm-hmm. mom basically supporting that youth now. And it's really interesting to see that organic is kind of like this, there's this, in, this external tribe that, latches on to the family now and that family is moving forward with life raising their child and on the outs on the outside of that you have this tribe of veterans and and they are acting as this catch-all and they're there at a readiness you know and um you know it's it's really interesting to see but we definitely walk uh, really really close uh with the with the youth uh, through the through their process of life at in, in their younger stages that's that's wonderful. So, Chad, you've been doing this for a, quite a long time now. Uh, what, what have been some of the things that you've learned along the way? Like, what have, what are some of the, the the different programs you've done so far? Uh, what have you taken away from from all of these programs so far? Uh, I think what I have taken away is um, learning how to practice uh, uh, self care for myself. <laughs> that's that's, that's important. important very important yeah yeah you know you take on so much yeah. you know and there's so much work um that needs to get done and it, it doesn't stop at the end of eight hours you know uh you know and and i think that's the biggest thing everything else outside of that i learned many different things of if i was to start a nonprofit, I would go about it doing it this way sure. and instead of doing that way, you know. And it's just a lot of things I learned from a business standpoint uh, that uh, has, has that has sharpened me. But I had to learn the hard way, uh, you know. But I think I think for anybody out there uh, from a business standpoint, is basically the strongest and the hardest thing that we that we fight or we. We, we work really hard to try to learn from for myself is trying to have a balance. The ironic, uh, and, the ironic okay. point of that answer is that you've, you've learned self-care through, what, fishing? Maybe fishing. You should take up fishing. Yeah. I've heard that's really relaxing. just go out and uh, go catch a few fish that i've heard that that relaxes you a bit that's awesome i love it exactly. Chad, yeah exactly. where, where where can people find you 
you can find me uh, online as far as soulriverinc.org, or you can uh, always, you know, stop by my shop uh, office um, located in North Portland in, in the Kenton area, um, and um, I and for my address is 1926 uh, North Kilpatrick Street. That see, I'm right there uh, on the corner of uh, Denver and Kilpatrick. And uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, 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 Kilpatrick, yeah. And uh, I almost got confused there. Kilpatrick and Killingsworth, but that's where I'm at, though. I'm, you know, I'm either here or you can always catch me online or you know follow me on social media. I'm constantly out through social media as well when I get the opportunity to uh, make a post or whatever. But um, I'm, I'm easily to be uh, uh, sought after in contact, though. But, and yeah. can and can people make a donation through your website as well? Yes. yes. Uh, there's a donation button right on the website at soulriverinc.org, and and you're totally it's totally open for anybody to make a donation. We accept everything from twenty five dollars on up. You know, and uh, we're also uh, in a place of always looking for new different types of resources other than just financial. Financial's great, but the, the deployments that we do is so over the top and there's there's so much involved uh where there's so many people behind including my board members where um uh, it does open itself up to many different resources that we're constantly seeking out uh to help us be able to make each deployment successful basically i love it you know chad i i want to congratulate you this has been probably one of my favorite episodes in the sense that you're changing the world by changing lives and not only that but that you came out from the pit to victory. And so um, I just think I, I I have more questions for you. So at some <laughs> other point, I'd probably want to talk to you yeah. some more. Thank you so much for being. Maybe we can uh, we can go out and take Chad on a fishing expedition and uh, just uh, ask a ton of questions. Yes. Like, what am I stepping in? <laughs> hey, <laughs> I would love to have someone take me fishing. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's figure it out. All right, Chad, thank you so much for being here. We've been listening to Chad Brown, uh, founder of Soul River Inc. It's been great. You've been listening to the Startup Radio Network, the network that brings inspiration and education to startups and entrepreneurs around the globe. Tune in again next week and every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Listen, learn, and get shit done. See you guys next week. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.